Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. Oh, why did I shout like that? What a weird well, you're thing very to excited do. to be doing just, this link. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a bit, sorry about that. Just quite out of character. It's welcome people. Eh? Anyway, this is Paul Hawksby. That's more like it. And uh, Andy Jacobs. Oh, yeah, blimey, don't do that. Uh, and this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Uh, we were joined by the former Liverpool chairman, a man who looked to buy Chelsea, big Chelsea fan, Sir Martin Broughton. Very interesting chairman. Interesting career yeah. in the uh, in world of uh, sport and beyond, BA, etc. So we chatted to him. Um, we brought you some clips of the month for January, which uh, which you very much like. So we'll we'll bring you that. We had a bit of a chat about various things, and also um, Andy's become quite obsessed with the links of uh, Clive Myrie and Mastermind over on BBC Two, and uh, he thinks. He's been lining up specialist subjects until he has a good performance. And he did pretty well today, as you'll discover, but there was a reason for that. So here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. And good afternoon, Paul. And uh, you saw this, but Paul Merson uh, thinks it's harder to become a professional footballer than a brain surgeon. Really? <laughs> it's good, isn't it? If you want to be a brain surgeon, you pick up a book and you study it and study it and study it. And if you do everything properly, you'll end up a brain surgeon. It's as interesting, it's as easy as that, apparently. You have to come, you have to go through the academy. <laughs> yeah. You have to go through the old brain surgeon academy. You, know you can be, yeah, you can be cut Quite a lot of them, point, quite yeah. a lot of them just Don't kind go of, on to make when it. they're 60, they're that moment as you go in as a sort of 16, 70-year-old <laughs> brain surgeon and... Someone has to sit there with your parents and say, "Sorry, son, you're not good." Enough. After what happened last time, I'm afraid. <laughs> you know, I think the Jeff, the, the, the you know, an errant back pass, you know, obviously is a bit upsetting. Well, it can be annoying, yeah. You know, a, a bit <laughs> of slip bit of, of shonky, bit of shonky brain surgery. I think <laughs> all I would say, Merce, is that this, you've got to think of the jeopardy. <clears throat> Very I read, true. I read a series of. I mean, honestly, mm. if you want to know about the world of brain surgery, uh, Henry Marsh, the books of Henry Marsh. You've written about three books. Oh yeah, no, I know about that. Fantastic, all brilliant mm. books. Anyway, so, well, so there we are. Book recommendations, Merce. <laughs> if it led to nothing to, else, welcome to between you, the covers. You did that, yeah. Uh, what do we got here? It's interesting, actually. People they always want to denigrate things, and, and this one from what, like you and Brighton? Well, very much so. Uh, <laughs> it's great, isn't it? Spurs <laughs> legend Jimmy Greaves club goals total, yeah. but take away Kane's easy goals, i.e., penalties, and he doesn't even come close to Jimmy's record. But they both, I checked it. They both took penalties. <clears throat> Kane's taken thirty penalties, yeah. for Spurs, and Jimmy Greaves took twenty-seven. 
Yeah. So well done, mate. That's absolutely look, it, not I mean, accurate if, at all. It, you have to look beyond his Tottenham <clears throat> record, with Jim's Tottenham record, which was sensational. The goals he scored at Chelsea. Chelsea Even Milan, the goals West he scored Ham. in Milan. He was only yeah. there for about 10 minutes and he still scored absolutely. loads of goals. No, absolutely. They was, they're, they're both brilliant there's players. There's no point but I think, comparing you know, and contrasting. No, really. it's a different wanna, time. Yeah, no, exactly. They were both, the whole they're both great players. Uh, well done to uh, LeBron James. He doesn't need me to say that. Uh, yeah. But the tickets uh, to see this were £57,000. I don't know whether they went. This is what they were being listed for. And they would have been. He needed 36 points before he broke the record, which is quite a lot in one game, and uh, even for him. So the tickets for the following game were even more. They were up to uh, sort of like... No, more, about 68,000. Wow, Can you imagine if you bought those and then he's already done it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah thanks. But, can, can I give it back? Well, I, I was, I was in, uh, on holiday in San Francisco years ago and Barry Bonds was hoping to, mm. uh, to break the all-time home run record. And all the games were sellouts because people wanted to be there to see him do it. And uh, there was all these little boats oh, yeah, I remember out boats. in the water yeah. in San Francisco Bay. Because that's where the ball used to go. Waiting for him to hit one out. And so it was amazing. We, were, we got some t- cheap tickets up in the old vomitorio, as they say in, in Spain, <laughs> right up the back. But you could see all these boats waiting for the... Because obviously... The, the, yeah. the ball that he broke Hank yeah, Allen's worth, record worth with, a lot of money. would have been worth a lot of money. Um, going back to LeBron, uh, being at the game when Harry Kane broke uh, Jimmy Greaves' record at the weekend, I'd say yeah. there was maybe 30 or 40 seconds extra in terms of celebrations and there would have been around any goal yeah. scored. Mm. That was maybe. A few things came up on the board. Our old mate Pete Abbott announced it was the record-breaking goal. The p- players yeah. celebrated yeah. with him. But no more than 30, 40 seconds till they restarted. No one got booked or anything. Um, last night, I was at about six or seven minutes, the game stopped when LeBron did it. His family came on, his Bronny's son came on, his mum came on to the court, his partner, everybody Kareem. came on to the court. Kareem came on, yeah. their speeches, and then they restarted the game six or seven minutes afterwards. It's a weird it's, it's thing, strange. isn't it? Well, I suppose, look, it was a massive record. Yeah, you know? It yeah, wasn't yeah. just, you know, one club's leading scorer. This was... The all-time no. score in the sport. And so. it's, was it mid eighties? About mid eighties. I remember Drogba. The nearest thing I remember, Drogba got subbed off in the middle of a game, and it was his last game for Chelsea, and they, they all stopped to. I remember that. Off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it rarely happens in but, British but, sport. Yeah, anyway, I was I was wandering into the studios today, something to get you going. I've hmm. sent this to uh, Andy Dawson, Sunderland supporting friend of the show. And um, there was a board. Don't they in pubs have boards outside to entice you in to watch the yeah. football? Um, and uh, this was uh, a pub in the city of London, and they were um, promoting the game between Sandiland and Fulham. S A N D E R. Program called Sandyland. Yeah, <laughs> Sandyland. S A N D E R L A N D. I did point out to Andy that's probably the way us Cockneys pronounce it. Yeah. But um, yeah, I was thinking Tony Mowbray. Pin that on the dressing room wall tonight. They can't even get our name right. We'll show them in the Token House pub in the city. There is a place in Lincolnshire called Sandland. But I don't think they're playing them in the FA Cup. I think that would be quite the story. I don't know if Sandland have got a team. So if you're a, if you're a fan mm. of Sunderland as opposed to Sunderland, we just ask because um, you know pin that on the dressing room wall. It doesn't take a lot to wind up some people to. I mean Billy Sharp, for example, last night he he yeah. definitely took against some of the Wrexham players talking about the even the possibility of playing Tottenham and fed off of that. So it did our team talk for us. Very enjoyable. Ali was right too. Very enjoyable games. Yeah. And, It'll be a good test for Sheffield United to see where they stand in terms of yeah. you know, coming up and playing Spurs. So. Yeah, Tottenham will have to put out a very strong side. So. 
Anyway, I was just uh, yeah, reading a piece in the uh, yeah. uh, Times today about, yeah. oh no, last week, about shorts in February. Yeah. I, I wear them, says the writer, and so should you, yeah, if you're a postman. Posties, yeah, of course. <laughs> Talking shorts. of that, I saw um, some pictures today of uh, kits, new football kits, the shorts of football kits with pockets. Oh, really? Look at that. So is Why that would you f- need a pocket? Is that only for the replica stuff, or are there are these the actual kit shorts, the players' shorts? I couldn't get to the bottom of it. Maybe the listeners know, but yeah, pockets in uh, in football kits. But I, I suppose, think it's a good idea because somebody like grab you by the pocket. Yeah, you don't want to be, be don't held down by the pocket. You've been held down by the pocket. He's picked his pocket. Literally picked his pocket. So uh, maybe you can shed some light on that. That's good. And uh, I suppose it's when they come on yeah. those little bits of paper with instructions. Rather than tearing it up and throwing it, you can put it in your pocket. <laughs> yeah, and if you want a packet of boiled sweets in there it's or not something. It's a bad idea. Polis. I, Playing uh, football with, with pockets. Uh, let us know. That sounds like a real Charlie's choice. The Hawks. Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yeah, you changed. missed Sue Pollard yesterday, Andy. I heard it. She was fantastic. She was, it was, it was so she funny. Came in like so a whirlwind. enjoyable. Yeah, yeah it she was brilliant. Was, she was great fun. Mm. Yeah, so Charlie's favourite sitcom. He was a yeah. proper fanboy. Anyway. No, it was great. Mm. Now, I watched uh, Mastermind, as I like to do on a Monday. Yeah. And uh, I've picked up on this fact. I call it Mastermind, Not the Plumber Game, with uh, Clive Murray, with his over-explaining the specialist subjects. Yeah. So this week, uh, this is a good one, this week we start with, the uh, specialist subject was The Great Fire of London. Here's Clive. Yeah. The fire that burned from the 2nd and 6th of September and destroyed 13,000 houses, over 80 churches and St Paul's Cathedral. So not a barbecue in Hyde Park then that went wrong. <laughs> it's brilliant, isn't it? Who doesn't know what the Great Fire of London is? We but all know what it is. you have to give a bit of... Having given the explanation, if someone mm. comes on and says uh, the life and times of Justin de Villeneuve, I mean, you're not going to think well, he played at the back for Luton Town, <laughs> are you? No. You're going to need to explain who he <laughs> well, is to most all right. people. The career of the footballer John Barnes. Yeah. The talented winger who played 79 times for England before becoming a manager and a football pundit. So not John Barnes the plumber then, well, I'm, who is quite good. I'm, I'm not altogether <laughs> sure, Andy, that you're right about this because I think you need a basic... Because not everybody watches Mastermind is a mm. football fan, you know, just because you know. Yeah. Uh, what about this one? The novels of J.R.R. R. Tolkien... The epic R R R David Meller. David Meller. I, I see. Uh, what is uh, it? How many did I do an extra R? You did an no. You, I think you, you got the right amount of R's. You just did them in, in a David Meller style. Yeah. Oh, oh. You used to love, you used to love the cheating <laughs> football knowledge of David Meller whenever he did phones. Oh yeah, that, wasn't it? Was, yeah. He'd say, "Ah, you're, 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 you're a, you're a, you're a, you're, get, spit it out, bang him on the back. You're a, you're a Swindon Town fan, I see, and of course Swindon Town are Swindon, uh, Swindon Town are currently in the. Uh, God, put bind for time, mate. Bind for time. Fulham fan who became a Chelsea fan. It's very true. That's what you want. The novels. Of J.R.R. R. Tolkien. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the epic fantasy novel, eventually published in three parts The Fellowship of the Ring, The Twin <laughs> Two Towers, and The Return of the King. Yeah. They're not the novels of the plumber, Jim Tolkien. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you saw that on the side of a van, though, J.R.R. J.R. I'm doing it now. J.R.R. Tolkien Plumbing Services. Who shot J.R.R. Tolkien? Plumbing Services. That would be great, wouldn't it? And Hello, yet. is that J.R. Tolkien? Yes, it is, mate. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> you rods. I haven't got any rings. I'll bring me rods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this one, though, Clive, for some reason, completely under... gave us not a lot of info. It was hmm. uh, the film adaptations of Shakespeare tragedies. 
and he just said, the classic plays of the big screen. I thought, oh, I want a bit more than that, Carl. Oh, come on. <laughs> you can't have it all. You can't have your cake and eat it. One day he's just going to say uh, whatever the subject is, and then he'll say, work it out for yourself, Andy Jacobs, and flick you the Vs. <laughs> Quite the possible. radio career of Andy Jacobs. Yeah, blimey, that won't take long. Actually, my specialist subject this week is yes. Jim Laker's commentary on the 1971 Gillette Cup semi-final between Lancashire and Gloucestershire. And he, and he always <laughs> claims when he watches Mastermind he would do very well on the specialist well, subjects. I, I, the problem is, the general knowledge this week, I got nine... 10 and 11. Yeah. But I only got three on the bloke. This bloke got all 14. I've never seen this before. He got all 14 right on John Barnes. Wow, okay. I know, but then he only got five in the general knowledge. So well, obviously he only knows about knows John a Barnes. a lot about John Barnes. Yeah. I'd be, if I was John, I'd be a bit worried. Um, <laughs> now, um, you've answered questions in the last couple of weeks. One I mean, on Chelsea, Junior yeah, Bramovich. Got one years. out of 10. Got one out of 10. Uh, one last of the week. One of the blokes got in touch and said, I got more than that and I'm an Arsenal fan. <laughs> I know. Um, then we had uh, cricket, England Ashes. Ashes cricket since 1970. And you got, what, about five? Five, yeah. yeah okay. Five out of ten. What are we doing today? We're doing, um, what's your specialist subject today? Jim Laker's commentary in the 1971 Gillette Cup semi-final. See, that's often the way to do it. <laughs> yeah. In the celebrity masterminds, they'll say ep- one episode of The Simpsons, you know, like the, the monorail. And so you've, you've only got yeah. 25 minutes to tell you to answer the questions. Okay, let's see how you get on with uh, the career okay. of Jim Laker. Of the great cricket out of turn cricket oh, commentator. I'm going for the career of him, okay. Okay, your time starts now. Which Lancashire number 11 came in and scored 26 alongside Jack Bond to win them the game? <laughs> David Hughes. I can hardly see David Hughes. <laughs> Which Lancashire bowler took one for 68, taking the key wicket of Gloucestershire's Roger Knight? Um, Ian Austin. No, David Hughes. Okay. Uh, which batsman could uh, commentate that Jim Laker struggled to see as the match finished in near darkness with no floodlights available? David Hughes. David Hughes, correct. <laughs> Who was told by umpire Arthur Jepson, you can see the moon, how far do you want to see when complaining about the lack of light as the game drew to an end? David Hughes. David Hughes. Who won player of the match for his contribution with bat and ball in the game? David Hughes. David Hughes, correct. And who scored 24 runs from one over as Lancashire sealed a famous... I've started, so I'll finish. Sealed a famous victory. I think... I think it was David Hughes. David Hughes. You managed still to get one of those wrong. <laughs> I did. Hughes until I tweaked what was going on. Uh, Roger. <laughs> You're a quick learner, aren't you, Andy? I am, yeah. <laughs> well um, played. Yeah, Roger. So there we are. Yes. So you did pretty Marvelous. well. That. You did pretty well, actually, as Thank Andy's you. mate. Not too bad. And Charlie's, I'm um, sorry. <laughs> uh, Alan's mate said. Um, so let's, have, let's bring you the clips of the month, shall we? Yeah. Yeah, clips of the month for January. Vote on Twitter at TSHNJ, T-S-H-A-N-D-J. Um, so go along there once you've heard the clips. We've got six. There'll be two semi-finals of three. And then, um, well, should we play them at three o'clock? Ask the producer or for about three o'clock. We'll give you the winner just before the three o'clock news and sport. So you've got around 45 minutes or so to vote for your favourite once you've heard them. And we will begin with Martin, an Everton caller, who seemed very keen for us to pay attention to what he was saying. Martin, your thoughts on what's going on this season, and in particular, Frank Lampard is your boss. Listen, listen, let, let, listen. There's about 20 of us. We go everywhere with Everton. And I'm going to tell you something now. I listen to all them people on that radio. They're not throwing away with it. Listen, what winds me up is they haven't got a clue. What about the players that Frank brought in in the summer? Um, you look at the oh, defence, okay. Connor Cody and Tarkovsky. Listen, listen, listen. The next two games are Southampton and West Ham. Must win games, Martin, right? Oh, he's gone today. So I'm just waiting. But listen, 
Listen, yeah, we're listening. Okay. Don't worry, Martin. We we've got no choice. We're listening. It's time now for Carry On Talksport featuring Alan Brazil and Stuart Pearce. Corberan, who's gone into West Bromwich Albion in the Championship, and that absolutely wonders to get them in the playoff places. So perhaps that's uh, maybe a more realistic target. But what, what about uh, his package, though? I've just got to throw one point in here that isn't football-related. But go for I it, don't know whether you've noticed that Resh is stroking her blow heater. <laughs> Sid James would have been pleased with that <laughs> one, wouldn't he? <laughs> so there we are, let's carry on talk sport. Uh, we did enjoy Adam Bridges' in-depth interview with the Wolves manager, Julian uh, Lopetegui, this month. You must be delighted with uh, the performance from your team tonight. Uh, good night. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Very much for that, Marvelous. Julian. Alan Brazil now, who appeared to be struggling with a small pocket of wind. Where, where, what worries me, Glenn? I don't want to sound like a stock record, but I just, I, when it comes to the crunch, <laughs> dirty boy. Uh, this was uh, Natalie Sawyer struggling with her words. They are looking to rebuild their midfield. We know that Luka Modric, even though he's evergreen and just plays. Effortless, effortless. I can't say the word. I can't even say yeah, it. Effortlessly. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not coming, was it? Oh, effortlessly. That often happens. It's very frustrating. Yeah. Does. And finally, Ellie. and finally, it's Nick Ellaby with the sports news. And we promise you, this is exactly how it went out. Defender James Collins has told TalkSport he owes his career highlight to Bale, who Collins says got Wales to Euro 2016 almost single-handedly. While TalkSport's own Wales legend Dean Saunders says the country should build a statue of Bale. My name's Carl, and I'm a wombat. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's very tremendous good, impression, Ozzy. I didn't know he did all the voices, Dean. That's he brilliant. Does, yeah. So well done to Dean yeah. on there. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sport. Now, uh, Sir Martin Broughton was the chairman of Liverpool. He's a huge uh, Chelsea fan and was part of a consortium that tried to buy the club 
last year. He has written his uh, autobiography, Whenever I Hear That Song, the memoir of a very British businessman, and he's joined us in the studio. Good to see you. Nice to be here. I've got a question. Is it fair to say you're the most popular Chelsea fan in Liverpool? I, I think that's I think that's probably true. That, I tell you, the, the, the day that the Fenway people came and the, the cop sang There's Only One Martin Dalton, that was quite a memory. <laughs> yeah. it says, I mean, you've had an incredibly varied business career mm. at British Airways. You've worked in Formula One. But it's interesting that for the cover of the book... It is a moment surrounded by Liverpool fans with a Liverpool scarf in the back. So it's obviously a, a huge part of your life and your career, very memorable and the time you're proud of. Yeah, it is. It's, it's strange. I'm 33 years at British American Tobacco, 11 years as, as the CEO before going on to British Airways and other things. I'll be remembered, I think, mostly for the sort of eight months at Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. That's football for you. But, I, mean, I mean, it was a brilliant deal for them, wasn't it? I mean, they've been... Massively successful, right? This season's a bit of a struggle, but it's worked really well. Ah, I'm, I'm, yeah. You look back on these things, and I'm, I'm really delighted. It's worked out so well. The Fenway team, John, um, they've done everything they said they would do. Mm. They now find themselves in a situation where uh, no one's quite sure whether they're going to look for a, a, a kind of minority stake or whether, if the right offer came along, that they would actually. Sell the club. I mean, what's your what's your gut feeling? I'm sure you keep in contact with them. Yeah, my gut feeling is, I'm not sure it's my feeling or, or what I think they should do. In mm. a sense, I, I, what I'd like to see is them bring in minority investors and then gradually cede control to the minority investor, rather than have a a sudden transition mm. from one set of owners to another. Um, more gradual transition, I think, would would keep their their legacy strong. And you can, in a sense, you can look at the new people that are coming in and make sure they're they're good custodians, yeah. which yes. you rarely get a chance which to you, do. Which you rarely get the chance to do. Yeah, I mean, you obviously felt they were when they came. They had a great pedigree in in mm. sports in the States. What I'd seen them do at Red Sox, yeah, was basically you take a club with a huge tradition mm. but hadn't lived up to it back to the top and and threw away the idea of buying building a new stadium but restored the old stadium um yeah they, they had a track record which was exactly what we were looking for it's a massive responsibility mm. though you have isn't it because after what had gone on they wanted to be in, in safe hands and you're there in that transitional period and it's you know, even though you, you know, they might have said, uh, "Come in, Agent Broughton, the Chelsea banners." <laughs> <laughs> but so you must feel that. I mean, it, whether you, whoever you support, you must feel that responsibility. Oh, you do. Mm. Yeah, you certainly do. Um, you yeah, for, um, yeah, I've supported Chelsea since 1954. Right, I've been Not many people coming no, to the no. update. And, and Andy, Andy, Andy may have been about the same. Sort he of remembers time, Roy uh, Bentley playing. Yeah, yeah, 1959. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah a similar ilk. Yeah. Um, and most of that time, Chelsea were not a top team. Mm. Um, yeah, and and during those years, Liverpool was really the team I like to see up the top there. Yeah. Um, so there was a there was an empathy. Um, even before mm -hmm. I took up the position. Why Chelsea V? Was it a family thing, was it? Yeah, I, mm. I was born and brought up uh, within walking distance of Stamford Bridge, so right. it was it was the local team. Yeah. So you were part of the uh, consortium with Sebco to buy Chelsea. There were 
lots of interested parties, but fair to say probably you and Bowley were probably the main ones. You must have been disappointed, I suppose. True. (laughs) Well, no, I mean, you know, it would have been been, fantastic for you if you'd got it. How close did you come, Martin? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's always hard to tell. Um, I think we bid the same amount. I don't think there was a a wafer between the amount we bid uh, and what they bid. In many ways, Rain Group led us all down to almost telling us what to bid. Mm-hmm. Um, you so uh, no, I think we're very close. I mean, it's quite difficult. You you are a fan, and Andy, if nightwise, is the fan. They're watching what's going on at the moment and the approach mm. that that Todd Boney and his team have taken to it. Would your approach have been? Different, you think, when you look at the, the 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 way they've these last two transfer windows, for example. I'm sure it would have been different. <laughs> um, it, it's actually quite hard to say how different. Mm. Um, you know, I, we certainly wouldn't have been seeking Tommy Tuchel's exit. But once you get in, you, you may find you are seeking. You know what I mean? You, yeah. Once you're inside, things yeah, things can be different. different from what they look like from the outside. Um, I, I can't believe for a minute we would have spent as much money. Uh, we would have been happy to invest in the team. I mean, that was a precondition as far as uh, I was mm. concerned. Um, I, I th- personally, I think it's an extraordinarily difficult job Graham Potter's got Coping with all those new people in the yeah. team. Mm. You, you can take in one, two players. You start taking in seven and then another seven halfway through the season. It's, it's difficult to to get the, the right blend. My personal feeling, I don't know any, any of these people, but the first window was the problem. The second window, when he actually got a recruitment team together, I think they bought well. They bought young, they bought well. They look, the players they bought, to be good. The first window was the problem, though, when... You know, it's all—it's one thing knowing about baseball and being in baseball, but it's another thing in football. And it does look, you know, personally from a personal point of view, that, that it was a bit of a flop that window. Yeah, um, I think I'd be tempted to agree with you. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you, you come into a club, you want to make a splash, and you sign the kind of profile of players. I mean, Kula Bali was a player that was linked with lots of top European clubs. Uh, Reem Sterling is kind of proven track record in England international but it, it, it but did they're f- an older profile than the yes. players that they bought yeah. in this that, window yeah. the That's players right. in this window look like they could be around for quite a few years and be the the basis of a, a good strong team yeah. going forward was it uh, I mean are you looking because there were some stories I, I saw some reports in the, in the Liverpool Echo that you potentially could have been interested in a minority share in Liverpool last year and whether that was true or not thought about it mm. um it's interesting really we we approached quite a few of the the people we'd been involved with um on the chelsea bid uh not not josh harris and david blitzer because you know they've gone back to crystal palace and i think you know that's 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 where they are so yeah. to speak so we wouldn't do that again um but you know they've they're foreign billionaires high you know, really high net worth individuals, but they've all got their pad in London and when they come, it's in Knightsbridge or Kensington or somewhere like that. When they come, they come and watch Chelsea. Mm. So they were all kind of Chelsea fans. Yeah. Um, and like, why would I want to buy a Liverpool? Uh, so I, I, I haven't taken it any further. Right. I mean, so could you bid, t- 
potentially be tempted? I mean, as you said, it was a passion thing for you and them and for Tim, who's a Chelsea fan. So could you be tempted to maybe look at a club if if, if the price was right? And... No, not really. Um, I mean, my son worked with me on the Chelsea bid. Mm. I, I think it's probably more accurate to say I worked with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and Michael is deep into M&A in sport. So yeah, he could easily be interested in one or other or other uh, football clubs. Mm. Um, I'm, I've now, well, I'm the same age as Andy. It's time to sort of watch what everybody else is doing. Rather than <laughs> 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 Tell the bosses that I'll yeah. be out of a job. Um, you were also a director of the British Horse Racing Board and you're a racehorse owner, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. You must have a love for that, like we do, of Cheltenham, which is coming up soon. Every year, it's the first four days in the diary. Mm, right. um, and uh, I, I, there's a bit of a theme in the book uh, because I think three or four different times some crisis has occurred in Cheltenham Week. Yeah. Why do they always choose Cheltenham Week? <laughs> yeah, that, that is right. Yeah, of course, that is an infamous Gold Cup day where we thought all racing would be called off just yeah, as yeah. the pandemic hit. And you worked in F1 as well, didn't you? are involved in, in Formula One. Yeah, and and the team we started and created is is today the Mercedes team. Mm. Actually, um, it's a pity we couldn't have achieved the same success with it uh, as um, as Mercedes yeah. have. Um, but yeah, it was that was a a real learning curve. Mm. You know, starting a Formula One team. Um, yeah, we made a number of mistakes. Uh, gradually got there. Um, yeah, I think when we put David Richards in charge of it, he got a grip uh, mm. on it and got Jensen Button in driving for us. Um, started having some you know, proper success, but uh, it's a it's a, a, an interesting sport. Mm. And, re- and returning to football, the, the big story at the moment is uh, oh, the yeah. Premier League's charges against Manchester City and you would have had plenty of dealings with the Premier League, probably looking to buy Chelsea and certainly in your time at Liverpool. I just wonder what you m- make of this situation. Well, obviously Manchester City denying all charges and wanting the chance to clear their name. You know, my experience um, in this sort of thing, Paul, is there's always at least three sides to the story. <laughs> there's the Premier League story, there's the Manchester City story, and there's the truth. Um, and, and that's just for starters, really. Mm. So uh, I, I, I would be reluctant to rush uh, into condemning them. Um, yeah, I, I think they've got a tough task, City, because UEFA basically found them guilty on some of those charges, and then they were um, overturned on a time-barred basis, which doesn't apply here. So so I think on an uphill struggle, but I don't think we should jump to any conclusions on what the outcome's going to be. And as somebody who's looked after a club in the Premier League, th- th- there is, th- the clubs act, if you like, collectively with, through the Premier League, but there's an awful lot of competition between them. We were chatting earlier on about um, some of the other clubs kind of wanting their pound of flesh should ultimately City be found guilty of these charges. You can fully understand why they would want their pound of flesh. But I think if you just step back from it, you know, until Roman bought Chelsea, the Premier League for a decade had basically been a duopoly, United and Arsenal. Um, Chelsea, Roman's money made Chelsea enter that scene and it became three. Then Mansoor came in with City, which made it four. Uh, Fenway 
coming back revived Liverpool without spending anywhere near as much money, mm. which made it five. You've now got the Saudis coming in with Newcastle. You got six, and I suppose Andy says we don't upset Paul. We could add Tottenham <laughs> to that list a little bit, but, but you know, it, yeah. there's the Premier League mm. is what it is because at the start of the season there were six or seven clubs that just might win it. That doesn't happen anywhere else, and Manchester City were a key part of that transition. So, mm. you know, let's let's let's. I'm not condoning breaking the rules. Mm. Um, this is Martin Samuel's point. He makes the, in the time Martin. Today. Martin made a very good point that mm. you know, maybe we should be looking at the rules as well as the, the breaking. Yeah, right. mm. and the fact it was it was a you know if you like the old guard saying you know we 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 don't want anybody. That else was always come. my argument yeah. when people yeah. used to have a go at Chelsea. Yeah. Just say, well, yeah. they, of course, Manchester United, Juventus, Barcelona, and Real Madrid, the big Bayern. Yeah. They're not happy about it because yeah. they got it to themselves. Yeah. Uh, you're, but finally, your love of music comes across as well in the book when the chapter heads and stuff. The book is called Whenever I Hear That Song. So it's like music's been a big part of your life as well. Um, it's not that music's been a great part of my life. It's just that the key moments of my life have usually been associated with a song in some mm. shape, size or form. You know, when you think of your Formula One, you've got Carmen, uh, the, the background music that uh, they use for the podiums. Mm. Um You've got obviously you'll never walk alone, mm. um, you know, which nobody really can hear without visualising those vibrant voices on the cop mm. uh, shouting. It's a spine tingling uh, thing. Um, British Airways, the flower duet. Every time you get on a oh, British yeah, Airways plane, you know that you, mm. you you get that. So so everything I've been associated with at different times has been a a song that when I hear it. It takes me back to the moment. Well, if you haven't done Desert Island Dish, I think you probably will. You will be now, <laughs> won't you? There's no work to be done. So. Well, look, good to meet you. Um, very nice. And thanks you. very much for coming in. And uh, we wish you well with the book. Thank you very much, Steve. Whenever yeah. I hear that song, the memoir of a very British businessman by uh, Sir Martin Broughton is available now. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Carry on talk sport and, um, and Nick Ellaby's sports bulletin were neck and neck, but... Pulling away to win it was this one. Yes, it is. You, for once, you've you've forgone the filth, which you tend to like. Uh, it's Nick Ellaby with the sports news. And as we said earlier on, we promise you this is exactly how it went out. Defender James Collins has told TalkSport he owes his career highlight to Bale, who Collins says got Wales to Euro 2016 almost single-handedly, while TalkSport's own Wales legend Dean Saunders says the country should build a statue of Bale. My name's Carl, and I'm a wombat. <laughs> what an excellent clip! Yeah, what we've got to get—we've got to get Dean saying that, haven't we? My name's Carl, and I'm a wombat. <laughs> we should. Uh, by the way, there is somebody called Robert Slay. <laughs> we always like to check these things out. Bob Slay. Well, you say we? Well, me and the producer. <laughs> yeah, he works for Philips. He's just been Do you think he calls the managing himself? director of Asia. Do you think he calls himself Bob? Well, he probably doesn't really. I mean, if you're Robert Slay, you're not going for Bob, are you, really? No, not really. Well, it reminds me, um, the guy invented the Learjet. Uh, he, called his, he called his daughter Shanda. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's incredible. That's a cruel joke on your kids, isn't it? It's, it's the sort of thing yeah. you'd sort of, when the baby's first born, you'd probably say to your other yeah. half, let's call her Shanda. Then you laugh and you call her something else. <laughs> oh, no, he went for it. We're still looking for Iris recognition. Yeah, this is a lovely girl, Iris. We haven't seen her. <laughs> Sorry, the producer's shouting at me. 
Yes, that's true. It's a bit like the, mm. the assistant coach at Leeds, Chris Armas. Yeah. And so you can say to Leeds fans at the moment, so, you know, you're looking forward to Chris Armas. You know. <laughs> and then the Leeds fans, if they win, can sing tonight, simply having a wonderful Chris Armas time. <laughs> it's very good. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. Myself and Charlie Baker are doing it again tomorrow. Though Andy, you will pop up at three thirty yes. for the birthday. Oh spread. yes, um, looking forward to it. So do hope you can join us then. If not, as always, the podcast will be available around four o'clock. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between one and four p.m. on Talksport. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.